Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of Dreaming in F Minor. Because this is episode number one, let me introduce myself. My name is Mike Roop. I'm a musician, composer, and audio engineer. I've had the absolute pleasure of meeting some amazingly talented people in my life in all areas of arts and entertainment, so I decided to create a podcast where I get to talk to all of them about the deeper aspects of their creative process and hopefully get to know them a little bit better as well. The current world we all live in has stifled genuine human connection and interaction, and it is my hope with this podcast that I can help rekindle that flame just a little bit. So, without further ado, I bring to you my very first guest on Dreaming in F minor, a musician, singer-songwriter, my very good friend, and an amazing human being, Mr. Andrew Henney. All right. Welcome, everybody, into the interview portion. Today, my guest is the powerful <laughs> Andrew Hanley. Oh, stop it. Stop Aww. it. I'm not powerful. The the great and powerful <laughs> Mr. Andrew Hanny. Um, yeah. Give us a little more in-depth introduction into who you are. Oh, geez. I, I should have practiced this in the car drive on the way here. I don't know. Um, so my name's Andrew Hanny. Um, I'm the local boy from Idaho Falls, Idaho. Same with Mike here. He's from Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls. And yeah, we're two Idaho boys trying to make it big in the big city, folks. And <laughs> Two Idaho boys can make it in the big city. The big city. Can <laughs> we do it? Find out next time. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, basically I'm a musician that's just doing music. That's what musicians do <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time. And I've been doing the music thing in Idaho for most of my life, I want to say, and whether or not it was good or bad, I somehow worked my way up to the point where I was able to actually record in a studio here in Vegas. And, you know, after I moved here, that's when things really started to crank with the songwriting. Because, yeah. you know, when, when I was like living alone, and I'm still living alone, of course, but when I kind of dealt with that shock of like isolation, um, m- music writing just kind of came nat- more naturally to me than ever before. Like, it just... I don't know. It's like a snowball effect. It just gets easier and easier and easier with practice. And um, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like when you isolate yourself to your own senses, uh, your ability becomes more magnified mm. in a way. You're more in tune with your emotions other than the outside noise of the, you know what's going on in your life with socially. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just no, no, no. Yeah, yeah I get that. Like, it's it's interesting because I think it's that way for probably like every art form or every skill the more you do it the better you get at it obviously but i always find that songwriters specifically seem to talk about that more so you know it's, it's just as far as like the songwriting process hmm. you know what i mean yeah because songwriting is such like a i don't know kind of a it's ambiguous a personal thing, thing. It's, it's not a like a group thing. thing i mean i guess it could be a group thing but well yeah absolutely it could be i mean there's there's i mean Depends. all the songs we hear on you know top 40 radio is usually written by multiple people yeah you know but um you know there's definitely like there's definitely like you go to Nashville, there's like, you know, there's you'll have like four or five people just in a room just just writing songs out, you know, and stuff. But um, but now specifically just the songwriting process, it's it's um, it's really I don't know. I find it I find it interesting because 
most songwriters that that I talk to, they they always talk specifically about that. When it, when it's that way across the being board, alone, you mean? No, no, no. Just just about how the pro the evolving kind of process oh, behind the songwriting, yeah, you know, and how it just seems to just it like, gets as easier you go, over like, time. It, you just kind of see it in like um in a different way as it goes along. Yeah. Just the, specifically yeah. the songwriting process. Not necessarily you getting better yeah. or anything like that, but just the songwriting process itself. Makes more sense to you. When, yeah, when you, you first... You see it a little bit more, it seems. You know, as a whole. As yeah. like a whole thing. Because when I... The first song I wrote... The first song I wrote... <laughs> do I need to get this close? Sure. The first song I wrote, uh, I was probably, uh, I think, 12 years old, and it was just this meaningless song called From San Francisco to New York City. And it was basically, I say that over and over again, and that was the song. Mm. You know, and there were little things here and there. And I didn't really understand how songs worked. I knew three chords on the guitar, and I just used those three chords and, and, and played them in, like, sequence, and then kind of sang that. And I thought that was good. I thought that was... I thought it was a good song. It could have been as great. A, as a I haven't 12, heard it. Well, no, but I'm sure you, it was trust great. me, you don't want to hear it. It's garbage. But as a 12 year old, I was like, hell yeah, like, you know, I'm going to be a star. <laughs> you wrote a song. Yeah. Yeah. And it was probably, it's the dumbest song you could ever imagine. But yeah. but as, as you evolve and grow, you kind of understand more about how songwriting works. And then you kind of understand verse chorus, and then you start understanding ways to bridge those gaps, and then use different, use mm -hmm. different chords you've never used before to yeah. sort of bridge those gaps. Yeah. And, to make it in. and then you learn to harmonize that like there's all sorts of different things you learn mm -hmm. as you as you write and yeah. that's kind of like with me yeah I, I, it's yeah, yeah i don't know i find it interesting something about the songwriting process has always kind of like escaped me a little bit because i don't really consider myself to be like able to really write songs in a traditional way like i can play music and i feel like i can write music and compose music you know and i know that whole storyline i guess you might call it you know what i mean that whole process of just composing and writing just music but when it comes to like lyrics and everything, like it for some reason, um, I'm not very good at lyrics either. Yeah, no. and I mean even just you know out I don't know um, just something about crafting all of that together. I guess because I'm like a more of a, a, a musically minded person first versus a lyrically minded person first. A lot of songwriters like, um, and I feel like this is what's great about you is because I feel like you're kind of oh. a mixture of both. But like a lot of songwriters, Making I feel like blush. they start like you know they'll write the song before the 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 music is even written. Yeah, see, and that's crazy. That's, to I'm me. the opposite though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always, but, yeah. I always, the music always has to come first. Yeah, for me. it does. Um, because then yeah. your lyrics. Sorry, but it's uh, well. I'm just saying it's amazing. You know, the people that can that can actually write the the song first. Um, it's not the way I would do it, but I mean, would actually write the lyrics first. You know, because I can't I can't ever seem to get really inspiration for writing a song. Without having the music, it turns. It's more just seems more like a poem, or um, an insight, or something like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't really feel like a song until there, until like, unless there's music to it, and then I get the feeling from the music, yeah, and write lyrics from there. And that does not happen very often because I'm just I just don't write lyrics, right? You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say for me, uh, music or lyric writing is kind of my my weakness. Uh, I. I like songs that are based off of a nice groove you can really jam to. Yeah. And so what I do is, you know, when I write music, I kind of either either I dream it, which I do on occasion, or I'll just come up with sort of this repeating riff that sounds like it would be a cool, you know, song to jam to. Mm. And then like in my head, I'll sort of come up with, well, what should this song be about? And it's usually 
it always ends up being about me. <laughs> my my whole album is 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 so selfish. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I because I I'm the only one that knows me. Like I don't know. Like like yeah. like I have a passion for trying to express my emotions, and yeah. that probably the most difficult of emotions that I've difficult things for me to you know cope with. I I should say since I moved here mm-hmm. is the the feeling of you know loneliness, and maybe I sh- I don't want to go home, but maybe I should, or maybe I should. I don't know the internal uh, struggle. Yeah, that's and it, always it has super been present in, in your in your lyrics. In my sure. lyrics, yeah. So what I do is like I'll have a groove, even if it's like a, a fast, happy tempo. The only thing I can think of talking about is like, da da da, you broke my heart. Da da, I'm alone. Blah 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 blah. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I like to. I don't know. Like in my head, I like to organize my lyrics in a way that that reflects like what's going on in the music, like with the riff, and then I sing along with it, and then. I don't know, but I don't. I, I wouldn't say I'm not a very deep lyricist at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I my lyrics are basically just like how I'm talking right now, mm-hmm. only rhyming a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's well, really but, no but difference. But very relatable though. Yeah, I tried to make it so, relatable. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I, like that's like one thing that that you do really well is that um, everything is very relatable. When you when you listen to it, you like you can you it's it's very easy to identify with. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel the same way I do. Yeah, oh yeah. So, if I'm talking about how I'm feeling, there's a lot of people that are going to totally, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, vibe with that, you know? For sure. I really hope, I really hope whenever this album uh, gets put out, it'll strike a chord in people, and Mm -hmm. people will be like, oh yeah, see this guy? Like, he knows what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah, yeah, on that note, um, I definitely kind of want to come back to like your more roots and stuff, but um, I guess on the note. Oh of yeah, the, we uh, can talk more about that. I've got <laughs> yeah, we can kind of we can kind of circle back around to it. Yeah, uh, circle. As far as the the, uh, the album goes, you know what I mean. We're we're working on it here at Simple Equations. Uh, where Simple we're, Equations. Where Look us up on Facebook. And yeah, Instagram. Where we're uh, recording from right now, um, and it's been a long process mainly because we both have extremely full schedules, and so we've been working on it for at least a year. A year. Um, but it's almost done. Almost, it's, yeah. It's very, it's, very close. It's very close. Which is, yeah, which is a big reason why I wanted to do this about this time. Yeah. Um, because when when this gets released, you know, it'll be, I mean, we'll be we'll be finishing the thing up. Yeah. And um, and you know, getting ready to start promoting it and doing yeah. all that stuff. So I really wanted to kind of get this pre-release. You know what I mean? And then. As once it's released, you know, maybe we'll come back and do a follow up or something like that and see, talk about how everything's going. But um, yeah, but yeah. So um, can you talk a little bit, I guess, about the the album, the inspirations behind the album, like the the entire concept. Okay, what, what, what you were, I guess, where your head was at when you were writing the songs. Okay, you know? okay. So um, basically, when I first moved here, um, I didn't have any way to write music, and I, I kind of stopped writing for a while because I was like depressed when I first moved here. Um, I was drinking a lot and sleeping a lot, not doing anything. And, um, there was this dude that I worked with that, uh, let me borrow his acoustic guitar. And he's like, here, you better write some songs for me or not for him personally, but write some songs with this thing. <laughs> Cause I told him about my music and how I wasn't writing. And he's like, well, you better write some songs then here, borrow my guitar. And he let me borrow it. And I, I like didn't even use it for a while. And I think um, after a couple of months, I just had this spark of inspiration, and I wrote uh, 
what did I write? Um, I can't even remember what it was. Heard that one, but no, that wasn't. I can't remember what it was, but I wrote I wrote like a song, and then I recorded a demo of it um, on cassette tape in my little four track recorder, uh, which I've been using since I was a teenager, mm. and. Um, of course it was crude and stuff but it got my idea down and then it's like a snowball effect and then a long time went by and then I moved into that other place where I'm at now and then I wrote another one and then I wrote another one and then I wrote another one and I wrote another one and another and I recorded all of these demos um, within a couple years period and um, I never really got a chance to record it with drums or guitar, like electric guitar or anything like that and I've always really kind of wanted to and um, basically ju I just have this this whole group of demos of the best songs I've ever written but I have no way of recording like official versions of which was kind of a drag and then that's where you came in basically and uh, I met you at work and when you were telling me that you do the uh, audio engineering and studio stuff I was really really taken by that and showing you my stuff of course you must have been impressed to some extent to want me to come down here and record yeah. so you, you you were like oh let's record a full-length album so basically okay i guess to answer your question is uh what this album is about is it's about me living in vegas really i mean if that's what the songs were about in the demos which they were me coping with loneliness blah 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 uh that's what this album is and l this album is loosely based off of uh uh, a sheltered young boy uh, finding a new life in a big city and seeing where things go and dealing with loneliness and remembering old girlfriends and heartbreak and uh, just trying to achieve success and, and happiness in some way or another. And so um, that's basically what the album is about. And I, I tried to organize it in some way to where it does kind of loosely tell a story, like the first one is me leaving, you know, and then there's all these other, like, songs that kind of go up and down and whatever, mm -hmm. and then it ends on the Optimism song saying pretty much, it ends on a high note saying, like, everything will be all right, you know? Yeah. In the end, you know, everything will work out in the end, and it's like this big, like, uh, emotional chorus, you know, at the very end, and um, I still don't really have a title for the album. Yeah. I mean, we were thinking of what, what the neon album or something, neon, yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, which I think is a perfect name for it. So I guess, I guess when um, when the album comes out, uh, well, I know if that's what we decided to go. I with. don't know. <laughs> you and you and I weren't all there when they we came up with that idea, but it is the best idea that we've had so far. I think, yeah, I think it's, I think so far it's definitely uh, in the running. You know, as far as. I think it's probably the best idea at, yeah. at this point, and which was actually Jay's girlfriend. Uh, yeah, Jay Wasley's girlfriend Tabitha. Yeah, that was like oh Tabitha. That's yeah, name. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I don't remember. I wasn't at the. I wasn't in that conversation, but I kind of you kind of walked the, in I kinda, halfway I, through. I walked in the middle and you of it. Were and, like, and neon, and it's like oh yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, like the neon, and then, the neon yeah, okay. lights and everything. Well, because okay, so so another thing I want to point out is at the beginning of the album, there's this overture, right? And it kind of goes through what you're about to hear in the album in this this like crammed short little section where it's all like amplified and stuff. And it's supposed to like pump you up for the album, you know, like mm -hmm. like overtures do. Mm -hmm. And it was 
called like the blank overture because we didn't have a name for the album. But if the album was going to be called the Neon Album or whatever, it'll be like the Neon Overture. Yeah, which is and a it'll go sweet straight name. into Big Bright Light, which is like another thing, Neon and then Light. Mm-hmm. That kind of matches. It does. It goes I mean, together if, very well. If we kept it together, you know, and the album doesn't even have to be called the Neon Album. It could just be called Andrew Hanny, but it'll be Neon Lights of Andrew Hanny. But we'll still keep the Neon Overture, right? And then go into that was another idea that I was thinking yeah just about. yeah and um I think that was that was. Uh, we're talking on a conversation that we had at a get together um, over at um, uh, Jay, the owner of uh, Simple Equations. We were over at his house. We had a little get together for Mr. Charles Hager that was moving away, and um, and yeah, and I, I forgot what I was saying there. But he kind of he brought up the fact that I think it was him. He, he was you or him that was like that's that's how the blue album is, you know, from, yeah. from Weezer. Is yeah, it, it's not really the blue album. It's just Weezer, Weezer. but yeah. everybody knows it as the blue it, album. People call it the blue album. Yeah, same with Metallica's black album. Yeah, like it's not. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, or the Beatles white album. Exactly, all of those. You know, besides obviously Weezer went on and did like way all, more. They did way more. They did other colors. But did too. they actually There's, call? The, they did they actually call it those no, colors? Every no, they, every album of theirs. That's named after the color is technically just Weezer. Just Weezer. Yeah. So Weezer has like five or six albums titled Weezer. Yeah. That's that's the so yeah, title. That, that's kind of the. But that's they're, kind of they're the called tradi- after their color. Right. So that's kind of the tradition um, with that because, um, you know, like ev- everybody who's everybody who's done that, you know, has like you know, like even Primus did like the Brown album and stuff. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be original though. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to do... Yeah. This is kind of cool, though. You know what I mean? Like, And you're kind of in the lineage of having, like, you know, like, the blank album, you know, the color album. The you know neon what I mean? album. The neon the album. The neon album. So it's, Instead it's, of colors, I'll do elements of the periodic table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it just makes sense, you know, being that this album is, is, you know, primarily about your life since moving to Las Vegas. Yeah. And then Las Vegas is, like, neon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of... Uh, it just makes sense. You yeah. Know? The um, imagery in your head... It sort of puts in your head, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, anyways, yeah, that's anyway. all still kind of a work in progress, but um, um, it's nevertheless uh, fun to talk about, I guess, during kind of the the idea generation, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's so hard to be original nowadays, especially you know. I bet there's an album called the Neon Album already. You know what I'm saying? It could be. Like, um, but you know, it's not your Neon Album. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's got my Neon Album. No, no one does, man. No, that's the great. That's yeah. the great thing. Yeah, um, cool. But okay. yeah, so like, I, I guess, kind of going back, I kind of want to circle back, you know, because you have had an interesting metamorphosis in your life. I guess you started writing music. You started playing music when you were pretty young. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how? I mean, I, I guess how'd you start playing music? It's crazy. I don't. I don't know. Um. I think from watching movies, like like uh, that movie, That Thing You Do, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's, have you seen it? No, we, we've talked about I know what okay. you're talking about. So there's that movie, past, That Thing You Do. Tom yeah. Hanks is in it. He plays like the, the manager. It's weird that I haven't seen it, to be honest. And it's, it's about this sort of like pseudo Beatles, like 60s group. Uh, and... It just basically, it's it's a really funny movie. It's a comedy, but it's 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 a really really good movie too. Like it's not like stupid humor. It's it's a really 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 good movie. It's just about this group who who starts out as this high school local band, and 
they 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 have like a song that everybody likes and they become they become a one hit wonder and then they start you know touring um like state fairs and then and then they become like famous nationally and then they break up that's basically the story of the mm. of the movie but um I watched, you know, the character, the drummer, Guy Patterson, I'd watch him play, and I wanted to play the drums so bad, you know. And so, plus I really liked that song, That Thing You Do, and I wanted to write a really catchy song like that. And then I had a, na- a friend who was, uh, like, he was my neighbor, and his dad had a drum set. And I'll never forget the first time I sat down and played that thing, man. <laughs> yeah. And it was like I, it was like when I first sat down and played, it was like I already knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just felt it. I just felt it. Oh yeah. my gosh. I was obsessed with drums since then. Mm-hmm. And then I got, well, I think, I can't remember if it was before then or after then. I started to get into the Beatles and I used to watch like their, you know, live shows and I wanted to be like them. And so I got an acoustic guitar for uh, Christmas and I didn't know how to play it, but I still played it. And I just wanted, I don't know. I just, slowly it's like it's weird it's like you just slowly become better at it and then i wrote my first songs which sucked (laughs) and then i got a drum set for christmas which was a really cheap one and i i sucked at playing drums but you always start sucking you know you never start off good well yeah and then basically as far as if you want me to dig keep digging deeper there's more to the story okay well i'll keep going then Mm -hmm. so I just, I don't know, like, at this time, I was, I, I knew, I knew, or felt, who, who knows if it's gonna happen, but I, I felt in my heart that, like, I was destined to do music for the rest of my life, and it was, it was just, like, one of those undeniable things that I just knew, mm-hmm. you know, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed it so much that I just wanted to devote my whole life to it. Yeah. So much, you know, and, um... I don't know. And then I started like recording uh, my stupid little tape recorder and, and, and I don't know. Um, and then I started, okay. So then I, okay. So it's a long story, man. Oh, then then I joined. So then it, um, my parents got divorced, which kind of uh, was a, was a drag, which also was another thing, stepping stone in my building emotionally into like a self-aware emotional being. And I was, you know, I I felt like, because it was right at the time, you know, my parents got divorced right at that right at that time mm-hmm. where you start to discover, like, you know, you're like a teenager. I was probably like 13. Yeah. You start to know kind of where you're headed in a way. Like, you don't know for sure, but, you know. You start kind of discovering you, you yourself. You start discovering yourself a, yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was right at that point, right at that uh, really vulnerable point in my life when they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't easy for me, but, I, you know, I always had music to carry me through it i guess and um then i was going to middle school and i joined the band and that was exciting too because i was all of a sudden i i don't know like i said like i was the best drummer there on my first day Mm, (laughs) i mean i'm not trying to like like brag or anything but it was something that i felt so strongly about in my heart that i like i knew i could do it Mm -hmm. so i was the guy you know from the first day yeah and um I started learning how to play piano, and I just started learning these other things, and and and, and uh, it just it just snowballed, you know. And then in high school, I was I was in the jazz band, so I was playing jazz piano, and I knew mm-hmm. music theory more at this point because I was taught a lot of it in, in high school. Plus, on my downtime, I used to study at home because I was a nerd, right? So I used to like really research uh, 
music theory and 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 how to how to what how to make chords sound good together and stuff and so and then I learned about the blues mm. and then I learned about the twelve bar blues mm-hmm. the one one four one one five four one thing mm-hmm. and um then I started writing more songs because I had that like you had a roadmap I had a roadmap yeah. now yeah yeah and then and then because I knew how to play piano and I knew how to play a few chords on guitar and if you know that you could basically p- play the roots on the bass mm. I was I got a f- I mean if you want to play the bass if you want to play the bass I, <clears throat> yeah talking to a bass no 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 yeah talking to a, a bass player it's the most important part of being a bass player it is okay <laughs> I know I just I just I knew like basically you play the root and the yeah. five basically yeah, the easiest. Oh way yeah, to you play can totally bass. get away with that. You can you get can... away with it, mm-hmm. and I was getting away with it. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think like for my birthday uh, as a teenager, I got this four-track tape recorder that I used for these v- demos in Vegas mm-hmm. um, to record some some of my other songs. And then it's like it's like you said, you just build from there to there to there to there to there. And then I went and then I went to college, and I started writing more stuff and getting better and better at piano because I was doing a lot of piano on my downtime there at the practice rooms and then I was going to and then I transferred to ISU and see this is a long story this is your fault this is your fault you told me to (laughs) dig in okay so then I transferred to ISU and now I had access to the whole stage at Gorenson Hall yeah and I and I and I and I started recording even more stuff Mm. and then I went through a really bad breakup uh which forced me to rec- I had to recover somehow, and it, I was like, I had to write something s- freaking phenomenal, mm-hmm. and that was my year album. That was like my four-part album called yeah. Year, and I recorded all that on the stage at Gorenson Hall, and now it's trash. Listening to it now, it's trash, but at the time, it was a masterpiece. For You're me. saying just quality-wise, or both? I think quality-wise, and it it could have been written better. Mm-hmm. I think it's just redundant and boring at parts, and mm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, the quality sucked, and yeah, these songs are kind of childish, and there's really no, there's nothing really exciting in it. It's just mm. kind of, blah, 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 blah. but I think we I'm, all feel that way about our the stuff that we did earlier, you know, in yeah. our lives. We definitely always feel that way. Yeah, and I wasn't too good at singing yet because I was still trying to find my voice, mm. and that was really hard for me because, uh, like I said, when I was younger, doing the songs before my parents got divorced and after, um, I hadn't hit puberty yet mm. so i was so used to singing with the high-pitched voice yeah, so yeah. i sound like a girl in my old songs mm. and then when like justin bieber <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh i had to throw that in there yeah and then i hit puberty and i couldn't sing anymore i had no more ability to sing mm. so it's almost like i had to relearn how you to, to sing. relearn you had to relearn your voice your and voice it, changes it's hard. so much in it's puberty. hard man and yeah. i'm still and you know this, I'm still struggling. Mm. So, like in the studio now. Like yeah. I still sometimes I have a hard time. I have to have cough drops around the clock. Yeah. And my voice is cracking on occasion and there's just these high notes that I wish I could I wish I was 12 years old again so I could hit them, but I can't. Yeah. But it's because it's what I hear in my head. I got to replicate it somehow. Mm. I don't want it to sound like I don't know. I don't know. But I feel I, like I do okay now. I feel like you found your range really well over the last year. You know what I mean? Like I think so too. When you came in and started singing versus like how you're singing now. Yeah. Now that we've just just barely finished all of your vocals, you know. Yeah. Like you know, you've become a much stronger singer during that time. You know what I mean? And 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 that's not to that's not to say that like the early recordings weren't as good as the recordings we just did because mm-hmm. we mined for all that stuff. And I think maybe it was the constant. 
like pushing to get the good take you know what i mean that maybe i don't know um i feel like probably helped helped you you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like either realize your own your own range or your own abilities and like for you to be able to sit in that area and make the most out of it because now you're now you're like you know where you were like struggling to hit certain notes like you're hitting notes yeah. on the edge on the very oh, very kind man. of breaking and it, point it's hard and, and but th- it that's sounds when it sounds good. the best it you, sounds good yeah and you're right there hanging hanging on the edge if you, know you what I mean? if you listen to the album and you and you hear me hit those really high harmonies you can tell i'm it's on right the verge there. of breaking mm-hmm. it's almost like it's it it's almost like edge of your seat kind of thing yeah yeah you can feel it you know what i mean you can, you can feel the tension in it oh yeah and I don't know if that's a good thing. You say it's a good thing. I don't that's know if that's such thing. a good thing. It makes the listener uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I don't think. I, I, I mean, I don't think. Not edge of, edge of your seat like that. And it depends on. It, you know, it just depends on. You know, it makes me uncomfortable. What? Um, well, I bet it does. Oh, even listening <laughs> to it, it's almost. Well, even listening to it, it's yeah. almost like I can tell what the listener is going to feel, and I'm like, oh, geez, don't crack your voice. Yeah, but um, I think that's your perspective, though. Yeah. I think from a from a you know, from a neutral perspective where you're, where you didn't, where you're not feeling, you know, like the actual sensation of you getting ready to lose it, the whole thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it adds a layer of, um, emotion, emotion, realness, excitement, you know, uh-huh. um, and just, it's, it's more interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're bringing out like extra harmonics and things that are not always present when you're singing super, super pure. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like bringing out another character in yeah. your voice. And so when you get to those really high, you know, those high harmonies and things, like we want to hear those extra harmonics in it because that's just, that's what's adding excitement. That's what sounds like a human singing instead of like a computer. Yeah. yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, like uh, what was it last week when we were doing vocal overdubs in that big room over there? And... And we were able to sort of explore the space, the big open room. Mm-hmm. And you were, and you know, you, I was standing far away from the mic so you can get the room sound. Mm-hmm. And I was belting those notes. Yeah. And I felt it felt amazing. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, like, I was belting those notes, and it's almost like I could hold my hands out like this and just take it all in because mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. It was so, it was awesome. Actually, so you're kind of using the room to like as an instrument almost. Like yeah. you're getting that instant I feedback could, with I the room. He- and I could hear my voice hear it in the bouncing room. against the walls. Yeah. Like it's a real thing. And it and it was just me doing it. And I'm like, and as I'm doing it, I'm thinking, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy, you know? By writing like five hundred songs or 500? whatever you've done yeah. now, right? I don't it's know, like hundreds of like- songs. <laughs> I bet like I have a hundred different versions of from San Francisco to New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you you would you said you've written you know you have like hundreds hundreds and hundreds hundreds of re- I don't of like know the exact rec- number of your own recordings and yeah stuff. I've got a I've actually another project that I was doing after I moved here uh, because I had so much free time um, was I brought all of my uh, cassette tapes with me when I moved here. And I knew that there was going to be some point of well in the future you know I'll be lonely at home. I knew I was going to be lonely. I was kind of preparing myself for it. So I used that time to actually digitize everything I've ever recorded and mm. catalog, catalog, put it, you know what I mean, put it in order, you know, like in chronological order. And it got really complicated at points because there's like certain versions and certain overdubs of this and that, and it kind of overlaps in, in parts. And it was, but yeah, I mean, I have, I have it all at home. It's all digitized. Um, and I think the number turned out to be like 529 
or something oh. different. But and like I said, like it's not to say I wrote 529 separate songs. I've got tons of versions of every different song. Mm-hmm. But I want to say I probably definitely wrote three, three triple digit, triple digits worth of songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. I mean, and and most of them are really crappy. Like I said, like. I, you know, I have these binders here, just full of just garbage that I've never really used. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like now, I don't, I don't want to say, like, my songs are just amazing right now, but I think they're good enough. No, they're great. I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I don't know. Like, for me, I think that they're good enough to be professionally recorded now. I think mm-hmm. I'm finally at that point where it, and I knew I was close too. Yeah. I knew I was close because uh, continuing, if we're gonna dive dig dive deep into this, mm-hmm. before I moved here, I bought an eight track machine. Not bef- not right before I moved here, but like s- six or seven years before I moved here, I bought a reel to reel eight track machine mm. because I wrote this song called Autobiography, and then I wrote a song called Cliche Love and Hate Songs, mm. and I was starting to write really good stuff because I I had this temporary band with with my buddy Neil and. Uh, Colton and that's when I started that uh, what was that's it? when you lived in Pocatello that's when I was right? in Pocatello yeah, yeah back and forth from Pocatello when I lived in Pocatello that's when I realized that I was getting good at it that's mm-hmm. like when I wrote autobiography and it's not that hard those two songs I knew I was I knew I was getting good at it I was really 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 happy with is clicking where it was going yeah and so like yeah it was clicking for sure dude and so then I I uh I bought this eight track uh eight track tape recorder um from some guy in boise and i drove all the way to boise to pick it up and then i drove back home and yeah and and then that's that's what became of the uh autobiography of a nervous wreck album ep mm. thing that i made yeah that uh, i, you, I you handed to that, you that you gave me that in yeah your, in your vegas demo and i don't vegas know how demos. to do any mixing yeah 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 and i don't know how to do any i'm really talkative right now i'm getting excited don't no, that's good don't get me excited <laughs> <laughs> um I, anyway so yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't very good at mixing and stuff, but I did I did the best I could, and I, I think I got the job done. I think it gives the listener an idea of what I can do. Mm-hmm. But then, when I moved to Vegas, I, I recording those demos that I also gave you, that's when I really got even better. And I was like, really wishing I could record this just like I did those other songs. And then, when, when we finally started recording here, we started with Blues Riff 19, that was the first one we started with because I knew it was going to be the easiest and I knew like it would just kind of help me get a feel for what it's like in the studio. And there was not much harmony in that one. Remember, it was very, very to the point and just, Stop we just her. got it down. Yeah. Just And then um, I slowly over the months of recording here have kind of developed my own style of, what is it? Just tons of harmony, mm-hmm. almost like a wall of harmony in yeah. parts. Yeah. And it's just kind of the workflow that we just kind the way of, it that we got happened. down. It's just, it's just. I think, I think a lot of that is, um, you know, like I did my best to, um, and I don't want to toot my own horn or anything like that. But no, like, no, go ahead, toot I, it. I'm I was listening. doing, I was doing my best to try and bring out what I thought you were trying to express. So, like, I put like a lot of thought, you know, especially in the in the early days, into like what I felt you were trying to express. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to bring that out. It's just kind of what I heard in your demos. So I was like so I was like, hey, you know, let's let's add more. Let's add more. Let's add more. Let's add yeah. more. You know what I mean? Like let's yeah. let's keep pushing it. Let's keep pushing it. Let's keep pushing it. Cause I wanted to see where like that line was. And every time we'd add another layer it just got better. Yeah. It's not like we overdid it. 
No, I think we. I think in, in all these songs we stopped when we were supposed to stop. Yeah. And, but you know, it was it was it was very intentional to like really keep pushing it and keep pushing you, you know, to get to a point, um, surpass what. Uh, I guess I don't know the best. Surpass what you thought you could do is what I was trying to get out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was trying to get you to move past what you thought you could do. Yeah. So, like, there was many nights in here, if you remember. I mean, I was just, like, oh, really man. just, like... You're not having it. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even that, but, like, you know, just, like, really, you know, just pushing you. Like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's yeah. do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I think you can do better than that. Let's do it again. And there were some you know? nights where we weren't even able to accomplish it, and the, mm -hmm. the whole day was just a failure. Yeah, I and mean, that, it happened. That, that was, those are some painful moments, yeah, I'm telling was, you. There was some, you know, like some, you know, a lot of like, um, I'm trying to remember now, but there was the like solo, some guitar solo, solos and the stuff. The solo in Blues Riff. Yeah, it was just like, all right, man. It's, you, you're like, go let's home take and practice. a break. <laughs> go home and practice and we'll do it next week. Oh, and it worked man. out every time. The drive home after that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, I suck. But it's because it's like, you know, <laughs> and, and like, you know, um, it was never ever me trying to be an asshole. I know, or of course like that. not, of course, not. and I never took it in that way. But, yeah. but still, but still, yeah. You know, anybody would be like, "Oh man, right, that's a drag." But like, you came back, you came back, and you nailed it every single time. Oh, so thanks. Like, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, because and and the reason that that you know, I you know the reason. I personally felt just fine doing that stuff. You know what I mean? Like going home and just picking it up next week. Cause I knew that during the, during the time in the night while we were here, you know, like, you know, um, cause a, a lot of the idea creation happens on the spot here. Yeah. So, oh, that's another thing I forgot to bring up. Yeah. Uh, because, oh, sorry to, sorry to like, oh, yeah, you're good. let me just quickly say one thing and I'll let you continue. But, um, is this close enough? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's another thing is like what when uh, I recorded the demos I only had like four tracks to work with so I mm -hmm. never had like the space or whatever to figure out Oh, what other harmonies I can use or what what auxiliary instruments I could use and all that, you know mm -hmm. So basically while we're recording this we're thinking of ideas on the spot of what we're gonna do Yeah, so we record a song and then it's like, okay, let's record harmony and I was like wait 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 What where should we have harmony and 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 what? How should I sing it? Yeah. And we would just sort of, you'd play it and I'd practice something and you and you would either go, oh yeah, do that or no, don't do that. And then we'd just do it on the spot and then we'd go to the next one. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like two layers of that and then two layers of another one. And it's, everything's in twos. Yeah. Everything's in pairs. Yeah. It's like an OCD thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, a lot of the times when I, when I do that, it's because I'm thinking like spatially. You know what I mean? Um, so like... God knows how many takes I've made you do of, of harmonies at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of that is like I'm thinking spatially, you know, how spreading stuff out in the stereo field. Yeah. Like, what am I going to have over here? What am I going to have over there? And so I'm, I'm making those decisions um, while we're tracking, you know what I mean? And, and trying to imagine the the final the final picture, you know? Um, it, you know, like thinking ahead to when i because i'm gonna be the one mixing it and everything so i'm thinking ahead about like how would i want to mix this and so i just start tracking with everything that i plan to do in the future you know what i mean so we have all that stuff and now i have this big picture in my mind of of you know like 
you know, this this you know the, the the big picture of the song you know what i mean so like yeah so like a lot of that it is probably super annoying at times but like but yeah it was like i was thinking like it's that because annoying. i'm because i'm thinking of I balance you know what yeah. i'm thinking of balance and like you know how things are going to cuz i know you are gonna know end what you're up. doing it doesn't annoy me because i'm like oh he knows what he's doing i never really question that mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just i just go with it you know yeah yeah but no that's just you know that's just why i do and that. i can't wait for you to start mixing this yeah i can't i can't wait same it's going to be so much fun yeah. to hear how this how the songs really blossom with yeah. the mixing process. They're already pretty good. Oh yeah. And I mean just 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 the just the just the you know the rough mix like the recordings are, yeah. are already sounding great. So yeah. um so I yeah. just I just I, The earlier it sounds good the better. That way you don't have to repair mm-hmm. stuff later. Yeah, I want to get it right, you know, in yeah. the beginning. Right. And, and you know that's you know and that's also just kind of it's 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 a big it's it's a it's a whole thing like getting back to you know like me having you do things a million times is because I am searching f- I'm getting that take out of you you know what I mean like uh, I'm getting what I know you're able to do but sometimes you don't even realize that you can do it you know what I yeah. mean yeah and then you just yeah. do yeah and then you oh, do yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then we got it yeah you know? I remember a few times where you were having me do these weird low harmonies like in the gang vocal things yeah and I th- you're like what are you talking when, about? When dude? you were like <laughs> on the on the first time with Blues Earth 19 on the where do you go from here line, you're like okay now say it in this like two octaves lower or whatever you said an octave lower. Where do I go from here? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is gonna sound awful. And it actually, it's not like it's one of those things where you don't really hear that. It's just foundational. It's foundational. Yeah. You can't even hear it, but it makes it fuller somehow. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> where where do I go? And I just sounded so bored doing it. Yeah. But it still worked. Well, it's just, and, and you never you never do low harmonies like that. Because like you said, you, no. you're even thinking back to when you were younger and you were hitting these high notes. Yeah. And that's how you hear it in your head. So yeah. that's how you still try and I sing it. I still hear it. it. When, I, when I think of my songs or when I, when I dream some tunes, like a song that I'm going to write, you know, like I'll, most of the songs in this album I've dreamed. Mm-hmm. And almost every time I, I dream it, it sounds like ABBA singing it, mm. like the Optimism song, mm-hmm. for instance. Mm-hmm. How was I to replicate that as a man and still thinking in terms of at when I was a kid with that high voice? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't use a lot of vibrato. I don't really, I'm not good at vibrato, but mm-hmm. I can hit pitches. And I figured, well, if I can hit multiple pitches and I know, and I'm, I can figure out harmony pretty well. Yeah. And it, that's all it I really need. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though, like, I don't consider myself a good singer at all, but I, I think that, like, as long as I can hit the pitches and I can harmonize, I think that's all I need. Yeah. How many singers have we adored in our lives that are not very good singers? Um, There's a lot. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of very, technically not very talented singers. Yeah. But great artists. Yeah. And, like... Yoko Ono. <laughs> Oh man, her range, <laughs> her range, her vocal abilities. Yeah, she's just all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think that. I think I blew I think out that clipped. I, it did. I think I blew out your speaker there. Yeah, but um, <laughs> exactly. Can I get a price check on aisle three? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but um, got work on my mind. I mean, outside of music. Um, you you have a lot of other hobbies and things which uh, oh. which is super interesting. 
Um, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Like, you know, like you're like, uh, as you, you self put, put it. Uh, what am I? A uh, mountaineer? Yeah, a mountaineer. Yeah. An avid mountaineer. An avid mountaineer. Yeah. So we're making this podcast about me. This whole podcast is me bragging about myself. Yeah, that's yeah. You're the guest. That's so fun. <laughs> I want to, I, dude. I love this. Forty five minutes have already gone by, and I feel like it's not enough. <laughs> I love bragging about myself, but yeah. I, that's why I had you so, on because I'm like, so oh, this will be easy. Andrew will just be, talk. Yeah, because you know me. Oh yeah, you know me. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, avid mountaineer. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want. I don't know how much of a mountaineer I I am. I mean, well, you climb every mountain I, you. Can I I climb every mountain to. I can see, <laughs> as 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 much as I can do. Yeah, but I'm not one of those cliffhanger guys though yeah no for sure you're like a hiker i'm like more of a hiker, hiker. Or scrambler like like i i like i'm comfortable scrambling up scrambling up cliffs as long as it's doable mm-hmm. to scramble up yeah and i've done some sketchy stuff that i may or may not regret <laughs> yeah. in, um, in vans usually most of the time vans right? or hiking boots but yeah i mean <laughs> or converse or converse yeah. yeah like uh i've had my fair share of um my my close calls mm-hmm. with death, yeah. In the Tetons, especially. Well, I mean, because I don't want to say because I'm stupid. Like I know the risk I'm putting myself into. Mm-hmm. I, I'm aware of the risks, but for me, that's what is exciting about it. Mm. Um, and and I never do anything that I I don't think I can handle. Mm-hmm. Like if there's something, if I'm if I'm climbing, I don't want to sound like I'm some stupid reckless climber. If if I'm climbing and I I get nervous. I usually turn around. Mm-hmm. Always turn around, actually. Yeah. And there have been many times where I turn around. Like, I'll be climbing, and for instance, like the Grand Teton, you know, and there have been a couple of times where I had to turn around because I'm like, uh, this is beyond the range of my ability. Is that the most, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, w- would you call that your most challenging climb? Uh,. I don't know much about um, m- m- much all about all that. I don't know. But. I don't. You know, not. I don't think so. I th- I think the most challenging climb was Mount Moran, hmm. or Mount Owen, because the thing about the Grand Teton is, yeah, it sure it's higher. It's the highest one I've ever done. Uh, it's so popular that like, um, I don't know. There's is, always people on there. Yeah. What is what is the three. elevation? I didn't think it was. Um, extremely high oh it's high i, didn't I mean it's that high it's 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 for a, it's not like it's 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 thirteen thousand seven hundred and seventy feet high that's yeah. the, that's the elevation above sea level but it's not like you know like the one of the highest in the country but right but for the re but for what it is it's really high because yeah. The elevation of Jackson is like six thousand, mm. and because because the Tetons they rise so sharply against the valley. I figured that's what makes that's that what so, makes it so so difficult. Exactly. Not diff- yeah, difficult. Yeah, okay, it's difficult, and it is difficult. It looks extremely it's difficult. It's freaking difficult. Yeah, it's like for for someone like me who who is more of a hiker and a scram- scrambler than a cliffhanger, it's difficult. Mm. But because like it's always been my childhood dream to climb it. I took the risk and did it without ropes, you know. I was doing that shit. Wow. You know, and I don't want to say that was the hardest. Sometimes that mountain gets covered in ice. Mm-hmm. And I just have to turn around. Yeah. Because I'm not stupid. You I'm only a die. little I'm only a little bit stupid and I might be a risk taker. Yeah. But I'm not reckless right. when it comes to that. 
I do get scared. I do panic sometimes in the mountains, and I and I turn around. I'm a, I, I make myself sound like a badass when I tell people my climbing stories, mm-hmm. but I'm actually kind of a wuss when mm-hmm. it comes to stuff. Like if a storm hits, I'm out of there, man. Yeah. Or or like like the, that one time that I climbed Mount Moran. That was that's probably here you go. You got me talking about mountains and. Whoever's listening has no, no, no idea what I'm talking about. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure dude, a lot of people love, uh, you know, hiking and mountain climbing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's this mountain in the Tetons called Mount Moran, and it's not as high as the Grand. It's it's all it's only twelve thousand something, and only only yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, that was probably I want to say that was the most difficult climb I've done, and the, mm. here's the reason why it's so difficult. Just getting to it is a huge challenge. Mm. I, I started at the trailhead when it was still dark outside and you hike around a lake called Lee Lake because I don't have a canoe or whatever I can't you know canoe across the lake to get to it and you have to hike all the way around this big lake mm. all the way around just to get to the bottom of the mountain mm-hmm. and there's a part where you have to get off the trail and you go off trail through the thick shrubby forest for miles just to get to it Wow! and that's just to get to the bottom mm-hmm. and that was very very challenging and i uh there the i was wearing on one particular climb of that mountain that i remember i was wearing these like hiking boots that i still wasn't used to wearing they were like new and so i was like clumsy with them and there was like on the grassy slopes of the mountain there was like a lot of dew there's no trail going up the mountain by the mm-hmm. way. you're just kind of winging it going up that wow mountain. that's that was so hard so you go up this drainage and this drainage is full of loose rock and because I'm wearing these big clumsy hiking boots and they're they're, they're soaking wet from all the dew from the mm-hmm. grass, uh, I, I I like I don't know what happened I I, I like I uh, I must have uh, slipped on a rock or knocked a rock down somehow, and it rolled onto my leg and it just whacked my leg mm-hmm. and it was like razor sharp, mm-hmm. and it gashed my leg pretty bad and I after what I went through just to get to that spot. I didn't know what to do because mm-hmm. I was really far away from people and my car. I was hours away from my car mm-hmm. and I just sat there and I was like, should I just turn around and get stitches? <laughs> Cause it was bleeding a lot. And that's probably what you should have done. That's probably what I should have done. But I was so determined, man. I, I took my jacket off and I ripped the sleeves off my jacket and I tied them around my legs to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. And I took a drink of water and I said, I'm going to finish this. <laughs> and the hardest was yet to come. The mountain got very, a lot harder after mm. that. You climb up this, this, you climb up this slope, you go up there, you climb up more cliffs, there's snow, you cross that, you climb up another cliff thing, then you climb up another screen, like a loose thing, and then you, you turn to the left and now you're on this knife edge, like sharp ridge, and it drops off into this glacier called the Falling Ice Glacier. And if you fall, you're done. And you, you kind of have to, like, follow that ridge, and then you reach the top of this sub-peak, and it's called Drizzlepuss. <laughs> yeah, it's in the, and, and separating Drizzlepuss from the main CMC face, the main peak, the main, like, because the CMC face is the route, is this, this really narrow notch. And, and the, the backside of Drizzlepuss that you have to climb down just to get back up on the mountain is very, very steep. It's almost vertical. Mm-hmm. But it's like the ledges, instead of, you know, like uh, when you think of a staircase, you think of like flat, straight, flat, straight. Mm-hmm. This was like a staircase, but like 
tilted more this way, so it's like diagonal, 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 diagonal. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that was that was very. I did. I climbed down that, and that, that was that was probably the scariest part of that that climb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then once you get on the CMC face, you think the CMC face is going to be harder. But once you get on that, it's like a ladder. You just kind of shimmy up it. Really. But yeah, I mean, I did that. That was probably the hardest climb I've been on. Oh, wow. yeah, and the backside of Drizzle Puss, the reason why it's called that is because that backside is usually wet with, like, melting ice and stuff. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean... I, you're doing all this alone, man. Yeah. Um, kids. Kids, don't do this. Don't. Just just be smart. Yeah, please don't Maybe do this. bring somebody with you. Yeah, um, and there's bears out there, I too. was going to say, that's the next thing I was just going to say. There's a lot of wildlife, yeah. especially up there. Yeah, and I got there. really, really sick, too, <clears throat> on that one. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't get back down to my car till like, 11 at night. Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a really, 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 really um, excruciating climb for me. It sounds like it. And it took me days to recover from that. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it, that's yeah. That's just one story. I mean, I've got plenty, but I'm not going to sh- go. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, you ever? How, you, you, have you ran into a lot of wildlife out there? Oh, yeah. Because I mean, you got Every time. bears, you know, yeah. obviously. It's a national Are, park, so uh, it's protected, you know. Yeah. And around here, you you probably run into a lot of, like, uh, mountain lions and stuff like that. I've never Vegas, ran right? into a mountain lion here. Really? Wow. I hear stories. I, f- I thought there was a bunch up there. I think there are. Um, I don't know. I think it depends on where you go. I, um, I think closer, I usually hike closer to the city. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the farthest I go is like you know the Spring Mountains, which I, even still, I mean, there's there's so many reports like every day there's a mountain lion in I don't know why backyard I didn't on the see edge one. of town. I don't know. It's, an, it's actually amazing that you haven't. I'm surprised it, by that. I see other wildlife though, like like see a lot of coyotes see, and stuff. I'm sure. A lot of what? Coyotes and oh, stuff coyotes. Like yeah, I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, I, I've I've I see like deer and uh, that's basically oh yeah, and like bighorn sheep. That's cool. I see a lo- I see a lot of those. Those are everywhere. That's cool. In the desert mountains, especially like Red Rock. Mm-hmm. I was on the. I was just coming down. Um, man, how did these guys climb these things? Because I was just coming down Mount Wilson one time, which is in Red Rock, and I that that mountain is vertical almost all the way around. Hmm. How did these guys get up it's there? It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you seen the, Do you see those pictures of of uh, them standing like basically on cliffs? I know. Like, Look it's at insane. those guys. Like, Look at. It's amazing. Like I don't know how it doesn't make any sense. And they have, how are they, they not have big fingernails for feet? They're like hooves, yeah. right? And how are they not like terrified for their lives? I don't know, man. Because they kind of just like chill. Like yeah, I imagine if <laughs> I'm I mean a thousand feet, yeah, yeah, that's all good. I would I would think the an animal would think much more logically. So like if it's not if like if it's not i mean i have no idea this is just me throwing shit at the wall here but like you would think it's like they know their body and they know the terrain and they're very in tune with everything that's going on that's in, you know they're they're much you know they're they're much more i guess you might say primitive you know what i mean you know than humans so like they're very in tune with their body they're very in tune with the nature that's around them so they know i think probably faster and on a more internal level than most humans do about what they can do and what they can't do. You know mm. what I mean? That's not to say that they don't fall all the time and fall off course oh, and, and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but like um, you know, I I got to I got to I, w- I would, you know, reach to say that they probably understand on an internal level 
um, or at least are more consciously aware that it's a necessary thing to do. What's and necessary? If, if what they, they die, can, then so be it. Right, and what they can and can't do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like they they probably know very very well their physical limitations, and they're only going to do what they're going to do. Otherwise, they're just not going to do it. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just like you either do it or you don't. They do it. They, I, you know, I mean, their whole lives are based off of. It's all they do. Survival, you yeah. know, and if they think it's necessary for survival to do that, then they'll, then they'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I'm, also, I'm enjoying, one, one I'm thing enjoying I, this so much. I just want to go for another hour. Yeah. I mean, we can go as long as you want, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, for a few an- more minutes. Yeah. Another thing that I always thought was really interesting about you is like how much you're into like astronomy. Yeah. Like that's the other thing. Yeah. It's like, it seems like the big thing, like your major hobby. Yeah. Or, like your major thing that you're into. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but before I even got into music, I think like I must have been six years old when I got into astronomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't even remember where it started. I don't remember how it happened. I was really into like maps and geography too then, and I think it sort of stemmed from that. And when I learned, I, I can't remember where I learned about space and the planets. Maybe my brother told me about it or something. I remember being so fascinated, and that's kind of where that stemmed from. So, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say um, I'm a huge, huge fan of astronomy. Uh I could basically stand outside at night and point out every constellation. And you have, I swear, I like, anytime we're doing anything at nighttime, like, we walk outside and you're like, oh, there's that, and there's that, and there's <laughs> that. And I, I learned so much just from, like, yeah. late night recording yeah. sessions here. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's seeing only what you can see being yeah. a half a mile from the, the Las Vegas, Vegas strip, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's so, so much light pollution. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like, I was driving home from Pahrump the other night and you saw the stars huh? yeah i mean it's it's amazing like you know um because um yeah we, we were driving home we went and got some fireworks for fourth of july and um so i guess it's been a little while now but either way um we're driving back and it's just amazing how you could see because you can see the lights all the way over there in Pahrump. you can see the lights from vegas you know shining up over the mountains yeah which is kind of a cool sight in itself. You can see the silhouette of the mountains and everything, you know. You see the 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 Luxor beam? Or are um, you too far away? I, from I, that? I, I don't think I, I couldn't see it from there. I mean, as you get closer, you definitely can, you know. Yeah. But um, but all the way from Pahrump now, it's just more of a glow, you know. This um, nasty orange glow. <laughs> yeah, and then it's so it's so funny because like you look at there and you can just watch it all fade away in just a complete darkness up in the yeah. sky, and it's like, oh yeah. There's stars. That's what it's supposed it's to look scary. like. It's scary. This is what it's supposed to look like. It, do you, you know? do you get like I, I don't know. I have this weird like fear. Not like a fear. I, what is it? I don't even really know what it is. You scared of the dark? I'm not scared of the dark. <laughs> no, I'm not. Are, are, so I have this fear. I don't know when the no lights light. are off. I just I want my mommy. I need my light night light. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, when you're standing out in the like the darkest of dark nights, mm-hmm. right? Where the most stars are visible and the stars are just bl- ablaze. Mm-hmm. There's a weird, irrational, like uncomfortable feeling I have. That is our absolute very first most primitive fear is the dark of the night. No, but I'm talking you know about I mean? like the expanse of space, like looking up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For like, sure. like looking up and seeing... An endless amount of stars. Just forever and ever. And forever and ever and ever. And, ever. and yeah. it just, it gives me, ch- I'm just, I'm getting chills just thinking about it, dude. Mm-hmm. There's something that, that kind of gives me the creeps about that. It's extremely overwhelming. It's so. When, when you really think about it, when you really think about it and you look up in the nights, the dark night sky, you know, and it's just nothing but 
endless stars, and you know it just keeps going forever and, you know that and ever and ever. The closest of those stars are insanely far away. Yeah. Like, like we're seeing like eight years in the past or yeah, something like that. Because years and years, and that's the closest. And of that's them. the closest. Yeah. Like, like, like all those really bright stars you see aren't necessarily closer. They're just really, really, really big. Mm-hmm. You know, like Sirius or Betelgeuse or stars like that. Mm-hmm. Those stars are are hundreds of light years away. I don't know about Sirius, but Betelgeuse definitely is. Betelgeuse is so much bigger than the sun is. Mm-hmm. And you know how big the sun is. Mm-hmm. And it's so big, but so far away. I I can't, you can't even, even those animations I see of like depicting on like the the, the vast scale of the universe, I still can't wrap my mind around can't it. Because it. Yeah. it's so... So big. And the universe, the thing, the other thing about the universe that I still have trouble grasping is how much empty how empty it is yeah how much of nothing there it's is it's mostly empty it's it's nothing mm. the universe is just basically Which mostly is nothing so insane to even wrap your mind around the idea of nothing yeah see like you know what set I mean? quantum physics aside yeah and just think of like as far as like material things go like atoms and molecules it's basically nothing nothing yeah it's insane <sighs> you know it's it's it, it's 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 it, yeah, it can it can really kind of ruin your night if you go too deep into it. <laughs> yeah, like it can really just like question a lot of things. Let you me know? take it one step further. Yeah, atoms are mostly empty space too. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's insane. You know, I I I kind of I kind of um, you know. I, I'm kind of on team, you know, wave, you know what I mean? Oh, Versus yeah. Particle. No, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I get it. Me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Which is even crazier I'm to think about. Both. Like if everything is, you know, existing as a vibration, you yeah. know what I mean? That's even more like of a, of a mind fuck, you know what I mean? And, but, um, you know, I kind of see it as like, uh, as layers of waves that kind of, and it's just, you know, it's just the way that our, you know, our mind interprets our mm-hmm. surroundings, but literally it's just layer upon layer upon wave that we craft into some sort of picture mm-hmm. in our minds, you know? Um, it's really, it's really, really cool Because what we see isn't really what it is. Right. It's just how we perceive it It's in our brain. so small, and, and our limits of perception are so small. Yeah. In comparison to what actual reality is or what or we think, other it, animals what we think even. it could be. Or other animals even. Yeah. Like, yeah. like w- humans are fairly handicapped when it comes to like how they perceive the world. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like even bees, for instance, they they see wavelengths into the ultraviolet. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and that even kind of goes back in in a strange way to to the to the bighorn sheep and stuff. You know, just being more aware of what's going on around them in the natural world. We're so. Um, we're so blinded to the natural world anymore. I think it's mainly because of the world that we live in, you know, and um, and all of the conveniences that we have. We, yeah. don't, we don't really have to be in tune with nature anymore, and we don't really have to be in tune with our primitive instincts Because we're anymore. able to use our brains. Do- we can use our brains, and yeah. everything else is done for us. Yeah. You know, we don't... Um, so a lot of that stuff that I think we, we're, we're, you know, subconsciously picking up on all the time we don't realize it, you know, and we're so shut off from it that no, that maybe, you know, um, if we were to expand our consciousness in some sort of way, we could see, you know, these other, these, you know, into the, into the into ranges of, of, of the BC, you know, or, or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's there, mm-hmm. 
we have to be we have to be interacting with it in some sort of way. Well, we sense it in other ways. We don't we necessarily it. see it. Yeah, we so, feel it. You know. Yeah. So infrared it's just, is heat. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. So it's just you know it just it makes such a strange um, argument for what you know the universe actually is because you know the universe to a human an average human is not only just different from another human but imagine how different it is from bees mm-hmm. you know what i mean and bees are far away from humans as far as yeah as you far know, as our dna goes so it's like it's almost a completely different universe at that point you know what i mean so yeah yeah it's really interesting yeah what what do you wh- i got a question for you and we'll wrap this up soon mm-hmm. but what do you think about Another thing that's always fascinated me are are dreams. What, yeah. What do you th- what do you think about those? What's your know. interpretation of what they mean? Um cuz I've always been a fan of do dreams really dig into your deepest, you know, subconscious mind? Yeah. Um I I don't know for sure. Like I have like my own ideas of what it could be. I think definitely there's a major aspect that it's that it's um you know, like the deeper aspects of our subconscious mind or unconscious mind. You know what I mean? If you're oh, if you're a Jungian, yeah. you know, person, um, your unconscious mind. Um, um, but also, you know, I'm a I'm a very kind of like uh, I don't know, wooey, spiritually minded kind of person, and that I think that there's definitely speaking in you know um, with the universe and everything, maybe multiple universes or rather multiple dimensions you know which i I, which i definitely believe as well Mm -hmm. i don't know how there couldn't be right you know it's very possible to me that there's that there's a dimension of some sort that dreams are existing in because just because we didn't didn't experience um that dream in our waking consciousness doesn't mean that it didn't happen and that doesn't make it not real and so um so you know that's that's maybe that's we can consider that its own dimension yeah good point because if you think about it existing in in, say the astral plane or something if you think about it yeah that's a really good point because if you think about it everything we experience is all in our head anyway Mm -hmm. so what how are dreams any different right yeah, no, I mean, it's really not. I mean, I think, you know, I think things like that, things like, um, things like aliens, um, you know, like the, you know, ghosts, you know, all these types of things are the best, um, arguments for multiple dimensions, um, you know, and yeah. existing kind of, you know, n- next, next, next to each other, basically, or maybe all at once. I don't know if next to each other or all at once is this overlapped on overlapped on each other somehow yeah or maybe it's just it's all just it's all just here all at once and the dimension we're living in is the only dimension that we can perceive yeah see like they were saying yeah 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 i I was looking up like all sorts of youtube videos on extra dimensions and like um what was it like like for someone in the two dimension in a three-dimensional space they're living in a two-dimensional world and they have no idea they're also in a three-dimensional space Yeah. yeah so we have we could be in the fourth dimension we wouldn't know it i think we are i mean, I mean you know, or they, fifth dimension or seventh or eighth or blah 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 I mean, like you with just that we're existing on. in all of it we're existing yeah. in all of it we're just we're very we're just limited here in the this thing third with string space. theory because you're saying you're so into vibrations and that's what it yeah. is the yeah. thing about string theory is the only way for string theory to be possible is if there's at least i think 11 dimensions or something mm, yeah so I mean, if I, mean, I don't, I don't, I, I think that's where it's at currently. I mean, I don't think string theory has been fully developed. It hasn't been, but, but that's yeah. what the math says. The math says yeah. that it wouldn't work unless there's either eleven or thirteen. 
Something like odd that. numbers, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> For so sure. there you go with your odd number. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, I don't know. It's it's so strange. Yeah, I mean, like this this weird like interwoven, you know, intersection of, you know, math and science and spirituality. Like that's kind of like, I don't know. It's where I like to kind of daydream. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of where I I find myself kind of like rotating in. Is that, that how little... you get meaning in life? Thinking of things like that. I mean, I ha- well, I mean, no. I mean, you know, I think I think that get, helps me maybe get a little meaning beyond life. You know what I mean? Like maybe kind of gives me a, a bit of a bit a bigger picture of beyond life that you know that there's realms outside of there that maybe I don't have access to right now, but maybe my consciousness does. And when I'm not may when I'm not tethered to the earth by my your body my your meat physical suit, body you know what I mean then yeah. maybe your meat I'll be able to, suit is that yeah. what you said that's what the Gnost- <laughs> there's a lot of Gnostics that's that's kind of a Gnostic saying uh, but like uh, yeah like I've a never modern heard that a modern Gnostic saying yeah it's kind of cool um, but you know um, but I think what gives me meaning in this life because I think it's just as important to find meaning in like our physical life here and everything is I don't know having. I mean, when it all comes down to it, it's just having experiences with the people you love, you know what I mean? Your family, like the people that mean the most to you, like that's what makes, gives meaning to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been lucky enough to, you know, have children and things, you know what I mean? So I think that's a major, for, for me, you know, that's a super important part of giving meaning to my life is having For sure, them, for know? sure. And I for know that sure. that's not for everybody. Like not right. a, and that doesn't make their life life any less meaningful than mine and vice versa. Yeah. You know. So I think it's I think in this in this life like, you know, physically um what gives it meaning is just the experiences that we have, you know, and being able to actually and and being and being grateful and thankful for actually being able to sit here in this room and have a conversation that is now going to be recorded very very forever. grateful very forever. grateful for this because yeah. i i do want to thank you for having me on here because oh yeah for sure um yeah it it, it almost makes my whole i don't want to say like traumatic life i didn't have a traumatic life but it's it's almost like all the experiences in my life that led up to this moment worth it mm-hmm. if if it wasn't for that or this or this i wouldn't be here and right, right now like like you said this is going this is this is being this is going to be here forever now you mm-hmm. know like like this is being immortalized in mm-hmm. some way mm-hmm. some part of my life some part of my story is now going to be immortalized in some way yeah and i am i feel very very lucky to be yeah. here well it's just even you were talking earlier you know about you know your parents getting a divorce i yeah uh, my parents are divorced that's as probably well, the worst you know um the first bad thing that happened <laughs> right and, out of many yeah and then you know having you know like your ex-girlfriends and yeah things, it, these things really kind of you know, they change you as a person, you know, but they make you better on a deep level. But yeah, yeah, if, if, if you're, if you're, if you're able to see like the goodness that can come out of bad situations, yeah. then, um, then your life is more meaningful from there on out. For sure. Like you're not learning, you, you know, you're, you're rarely ever learning important lessons in life when times are great. The times when you're, you're learning the most and, um, it's when your life's in turmoil, <laughs> Yeah, because like you have to, you have to figure out how to navigate, you know, negative things to turn them into positive things. For you know? sure, that's alchemy, man. For sure, you know what I mean. It's like literally, it's it's it's, it's alchemy of the mind. Yeah, you know, it really is, and yeah. and of and of the soul and the spirit. You know what I mean? Like in, 
Yeah. It's that's that's one of the best things that we can do. And and one of the most powerful things we can do as humans. Yeah. Because I don't see a bird doing that. No, you don't. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know. Yeah, no, I I I totally I feel you. Yeah. I don't just hear you. I feel you. Yeah. I totally get it. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, "Oh, all every bad thing that's happened has happened to me and no one else knows what it's like to be go what I go through." You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's always somebody everybody out there that has it goes a lot through, worse too. Everybody goes through stuff much worse than what I've gone through. There's a lot of people much worse than what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. But but um for my in my own way, these bad things so-called bad things that happen to me ended up being very good things that happen to me. And um, like my, my parents getting divorced, you know, there's so many blessings that came into my life that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that. Mm-hmm. And then like, like these really traumatic breakups that I've been through, um, as painful as they were at the time, I, I can't tell you how much I've changed since then. Like I look back at journals that I've written 10 years ago, 12 years ago, back in those times when I was going through that. And it was like reading the journal of a completely different person. Yeah. It was like reading a journal from a, like a stranger. Like I was not the same person. I was much worse. <laughs> mm. I was very immature. I was very dramatic. You know, I was just, I, I was a mess, you yeah. know? And, and I was handling situations in such a bad way that like I was reading through my journals almost like in real time, like I was watching it all unfold. <laughs> and I would read this thing and then I'd say this thing and I'd be like, oh my God, I hope I don't, I didn't react in that way. Da da da. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. I was so stupid back then. I would yeah. never do that now. Yeah. I was putting myself into bad situations without realizing it. Right. And so, yeah, we, we gain wisdom as we go through life. Like, what are we going to say about ourselves when? Uh, when we're when we become our parents' age, you know what I mean. When we're in when our when yeah. we're in our fifties and sixties, because now I mean? we could be stupid and not realize it yet. I'm sure we are, you know. <laughs> and and I think and I try and remember that. All you know, it's like, but it's like with my kids, for example, like you know, uh, it's so hilarious because you know I find myself saying the same things that like my mom and my dad would say to me, be like, you just you know about just I don't know like. You know, one day you're going to, you know, like you're going to realize this and you're going to see these things. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell you all these things now. You know, I'm trying to like bestow life lessons on them and everything that maybe they're not ready to take or something. You know, that, it, that when I when it was said to me, it. they're just too young to understand. Right. It. And so you're like, oh, God, you just don't get it. You're just a kid. You know, like you just don't get it. You know, I try not to say stuff like that. To yeah, them, you don't. But, <laughs> um, you know, like. But, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, I'm just like, you're just a kid, like, you just don't get it yet. You know, like, one day you'll get it. But then, you know, this is exactly what, you know, my parents were saying to me and um, and all of the other adults in your life that are like, oh, you're just a dumb kid. Like, you know, just this and this and this. And um, but yet people are people who are older than me now are still saying that to me about me right now. Me too. You know, and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, but but yet I'm saying the same things to you know, like the younger, I say the same thing about the younger generation, like the younger generation that comes up, they just seem like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, they do. Literally. Yeah. We were a bunch of idiots. Yeah. You know, and to some, we're still a bunch of idiots. Yeah. We still don't get it. And yeah. we'll never get it. Yeah. You know, and the world is screwed yeah. now. Yeah. When you and I are old. Yeah. Yeah. When we're old. When we're old. No, then it's then it's all going to make sense. And all these other, all these other generations, oh, they're all just idiots, a bunch of idiots. But us, I, I feel like when 
I don't know. I really hope I don't end up as that like bitter old guy that just hates young people. Right. I hope I don't end up. Yeah. And, and I'm and I'm telling you, I'm on the path to being that. I don't want to be that. But mm-hmm. I find myself now looking at these kids like you're so stupid. Yeah. It and is hard. Wanna... Like it's hard to like to to take a, a a neutral point of view again because like we've lived a certain amount of experience, had enough a certain amount of experiences in our life, you know, that have taught us, you know, to to think. I don't know either more broadly or whatever the case might be. You know what I mean? That like maybe the people who haven't experienced as much life yet, you know, is not thinking that way. And you're like, if only I could just tell you, like, you know, but that's something you have to gain. That's wisdom you have to gain. So like as much as as much as like it's, we think we know now that, that we we've experienced we are going to experience so much more yeah. and we're going to be so much wiser at that yeah. point and it same goes same goes for the, the 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 wise sages of our day now one at one point in their life they were just an ignorant stupid kid too you know so it's like I don't know I mean I guess if we can somehow figure out a way to not be bitter and just realize yeah. that like you know be everybody's on their own and path. Patient. That's so hard, though. Patient, yeah. I, I, because I see people like that I work with, mm-hmm. and they just have no patience for younger people like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and and it hurts me, like, because I feel like I'm doing okay. But then, I then I think, when I'm that age, I hope I'm not like. I hope I'm more understanding. I mm-hmm. hope I'm, I've, you know, I try to be understanding. I'd like mm-hmm. to be understanding. Anyway, I'm gonna go full circle here and say one thing before mm-hmm. we close for this evening. It's already been 78, 79 minutes. Almost. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just enjoying this. Um, so that guitar I borrowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. I talk about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. But so, we'll end on this. It's a high note. That guitar I borrowed from that guy I worked with that I wrote all those demos from. So that guy, he got a different job and then he like disappeared and I still have that guitar and I, I guess it's mine now. So <laughs> Should you ask him if you can have it? Maybe he's listening. Uh, if you're listening, can I say his name? Sure. I mean... Yeah. He'll know he'll know who he is. Uh you just say his first name. His name's Tony. Tony. Tony can he, Baloney. Can he keep the guitar? Can I keep the guitar? If not <laughs> if not, uh message uh, me at Andrew Hanny comedy tragedy dot magnetic tape, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> whatever your email <laughs> anyway, is. Anyway, uh I hope you're listening. I hope yeah. I hope whoever has listened to this whole thing, I hope they have enjoyed it. I know I have. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess in, in closing then, um, is, uh, I know, I know that you're kind of new to like the social media and promotion game and all that. Very new to it. But as things are developing, like where can people search you out? Where can people find you and and all that? Okay. So right now, um, well, I got a new phone. I I still need to, I still need to uh, open up my Instagram. I I haven't been on there for a while, Mm -hmm. but, um, my Facebook is just, my name J Andrew Hanny, and if if you want to find me on Instagram, which I'll I'll get up and running again, it's it's what is it J Andrew Hanny Music. Nice. You should do a, you should At do a, Instagram a um companion Facebook for that as well, like a fan or like a music like page. a music page. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, Instagram J A N D R E W H A N N Y M U S I C. Right, J. Andrew Hanny Music. Did I spell it right? Yeah. J. Andrew Hanny Music. J. Andrew Hanny yeah. Music, yeah. And I, I, I've been posting videos of um, progress in the studio, and uh, hopefully I'll get that up and running again, uh, post more updates and everything else, you know, and, yeah. and when the album gets released, uh, promote it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, special deals for patrons and 
yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, Once all I that get stuff all is going to be upcoming. And then, obviously, you know... Um, as soon as that comes up and especially when the album gets released we'll come back and then once once for sure all that stuff is set up we can promote it then but for sure. um you, you're starting a gofundme and all that i've 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 started one started but it. i haven't finished one yeah <laughs> is, is that live like can people go visit it just in case like once once people hear this if, if you it's, promote it's, it a little no, bit more it's, it's, it's not, not live yet. yet um i think i just have like a draft made i don't okay. think it's i don't think it's up yet See, like I said, well, like, I'll update it. You know, like if it comes out. I don't out, know anything about this this technology stuff you kids have nowadays. Yeah, I'm really, really bad at damn kids. I'm really bad at keeping up with it because everything's going so fast, and you just got to keep up with it, and you got to keep you know messaging people and posting videos, and it's just I don't know. I can be really lazy at times, and I'll just just drop something and just mm -hmm. not even worry about it. And that's kind of what I did with Instagram. But if I keep that, if I get that up and running again, if I get that uh, GoFundMe uh, finished. Um, please support me, uh, J. Andrew Hanny Music. We'll get this album done shortly, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it because I enjoyed the heck out of recording it. Oh, people are gonna love it. I mean, it, it's got a lot of energy. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. It's it's a really really fun, exciting album. So For sure. so check it out when it comes out. Thank you and good perfect. night. I perfect. I think it's a yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. a wrap. All right, thank you, sir. All right, thank you very much, Mike. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. If you are still here, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart. This means so much to me. This podcast is something that I've wanted to start for a very, very long time. And if you're still listening on episode number one right now, just know that I have so much love and gratitude for you and I appreciate you so so much so really quickly I just wanted to tell you about simple equations media simple equations is a organization a company a video production company that I've been lucky enough to be involved with for um, a little over a year now a year and a half maybe something like that um, we're based here in Las Vegas Nevada uh, full-service uh, video and audio production company. Um, any services that you would ever possibly need, we can absolutely handle for you in the realm of video and audio production. So head over to simpleequationsmedia.com, um, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff, um, as well as make sure to like, comment, all that good stuff, uh, review on iTunes, all the necessary shout outs and calls to action that I'm supposed to be doing right now. This is my very first episode and, um, you know, so we're getting used to it. We're learning. And I just, like I said, I just thank you so, so much for being here. And if you are here, let me know, you know, um, either comment, you know, I just, I'd like to know who's actually sticking around this long. So if you are, let me know. I'd appreciate it. I'd thoroughly appreciate it. Okay, guys, that is episode number one with Andrew Haney. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. And um, we will see you next week with a brand new episode with Mr. Charlie Hager. Talk to you later, guys. <laughs>